Coming up today on the show, we check out the Park Rapids area fishing scene with Isaiah Hahn of You Bet Guide Service. Once water temperatures start warming up, the bite can be really good, and it's it's getting good now. Uh, a lot of your lakes, like your deeper lakes in the area, like your fish hooks or your potato or your long lake, um, they, uh, they're finally heating up, and it's, it's been a good bite. And you can still find them pretty shallow, especially early in the morning or late at night, anywhere between 9 and 12 feet. And another tough question for the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andy Hafes. So that one of the biggest factors that influences where fish are found like, is the temperature that's present there. That's one of the largest factors influencing their distribution, assuming the fish can actually get there. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they can succeed or not is often dependent upon the thermal regime or the temperature in that water. It's all coming up today on FPBC. Shorty, I won't ever understand my shorties be mad When all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand There's nothing wrong with champagne, dancing and such But the nightlife in the city don't impress me much F-I-S-H-double-I-N, fishing Fishing F-I-S-H-double-I-N, fishing Fishing I don't feel right in the club, I'd rather be out Sitting in my 14-footer, catching some trout The fishes all tremble at the thought of me I'm F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Checking in with Isaiah Hahn of You Bet Fishing Guide Service. Uh, he's out of the Park Rapids area. And uh, Isaiah, I think it's interesting because I know you're fairly new in the guide business, uh, fourth year in. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. And secondly, tell us your story, how you got into the guiding biz. You know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I haven't been doing this for a long, long time, but it's certainly something that I definitely have a passion for. I obviously love to fish and everything, and uh, I think it kind of all started, you know, back when I was a kid and then having the opportunity to go out with my, my dad and my older brother, and uh, they uh, really got me excited about not only the outdoors but uh, fishing specifically, and uh, from there it just kind of took off. I really got into some tournament bass fishing uh, in my high school days, and then um, uh, obviously uh, came to BSU and, and went to college and everything, and got it just uh, was enamored with uh, musky fishing and, and just fishing in general. So it's just kind of taken off, and I have to thank um, Jason Durham of Goldfish Guide Service. He has just been a huge mentor of mine and helping me get you know, my own guide business service going and everything. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind and it's been busy, but uh, it's a good busy. So you, you hail from southern Minnesota, though, down in the Winthrop area, worked your way up here, of course, went to college and kind of stayed up here. For an angler, this kind of is the place to be, right? Oh, man. Uh, we have uh, some plenty of lakes in southern Minnesota, but it doesn't even compare to uh, good old northern Minnesota. So uh, when I, me and one of my uh, best buddies in high school, we always knew when we graduated high school that uh, Definitely Bemidji uh, and this area was uh, definitely the place uh, where we wanted to go, not only for college, but uh, hopefully uh, um, for thereafter. And uh, here I am. So it's uh, been a great uh, been a great start. Okay. Um, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about fishing. You've been out a lot, I'm sure. What's, uh, what's the layout out there right now? You know, it really depends what species you want to go for. Uh, I just got done with some clients here uh, for walleye fishing, and um, the bite is obviously around the Park Rapids area. It's, it's getting better. 
to be honest with you. It's, it was kind of slow starting. We, it just doesn't seem like water temperatures want to warm up, but they're finally warming up. And uh, um, we obviously have a lot of clear, deep bodies of water here in the Park Rapids area. So um, once water temperatures start warming up, the bike can be really good, and it's, it's getting good now. Uh, a lot of your lakes, like your deeper lakes in the area, like your fish hooks or your potato or your long lake, um, they, uh, they're finally heating up and it's, it's been a good bite and you can still find them pretty shallow, especially early in the morning or late at night, anywhere between nine and 12 feet of water. And as obviously the day goes along, they, they tend to go out a little bit deeper, you know, that 14 to 16 or even that 17 to 20, depending on that, you know, the wind conditions and stuff. But, uh, yeah, the bite is picking up. That's for sure. It has been weird because it has been so, um, you know, really stable, but stable in like the mid-60s to upper 60s at best. We had that one little stretch of real warm weather, and then it cooled back down. Um, but, yeah, now I think summer finally has arrived. I hope so. I'm looking <laughs> forward to some warmer, warmer weather. But, yeah, I, um, I think as the temperatures warm up for all species um, that uh, the bite should only pick up. Okay. What else you been fishing out there? I know you're a multi-species guy, and, and you're pretty flexible about what waters you fish and, and what you go after. You know, that's a great question. I uh, just, uh, my last client here uh, just uh, this morning asked me specifically, um, so how many lakes do you guide on in a general year? And I'm like, gosh, you know, I don't even know. I have to go back and take a look at it. So I'm already at around a dozen lakes that I've already been on so far this year, uh, which is just awesome. It's it's obviously great to have this in the area, all these local area lakes, and it's uh, you don't have to travel very far to go to them. But, um, yeah, you know, everything from bass to crappies to panfish to walleyes and pike, of course. But one of my favorite things to target here is, is muskies. And I think, obviously, the Midmidge area has awesome muskie lakes, the DL area and, obviously, the Walker area. But we have a few muskie lakes here in the Park Rapids area as well, and uh, they're super fun to fish. So, Yeah, you know, the biggest one and the best-known one is band trap, which has really developed, I, I would say, in the last five years, hearing more and more big fish coming off man trap but uh you know uh people forget about elk lake up in uh up in itasca state park and there's a couple others too you know it it really is there are there are a few um kind of hidden gems as far as musky areas here in the area and big man trap obviously is is one of my favorites you know uh, around a little over 1600 acre lake with a max depth of anywhere between 60 and 70 feet and you know it maybe doesn't produce those 55, 56, 57-inch size fish like you might get in the Bemidji area or over in the Leech area, but it does have, um, you know, plenty of 50-inch caliber fish in the lake with lots of muskies between that low 40, 40 to 44-inch range, which just makes it for a super fun time. And, you know, Big Man Trap, for the most part, is, is one of our larger area lakes in the area, uh, which is kind of interesting, but as far as muskies go, it's kind of a smaller lake for muskie purposes with, uh, you know, only around 1,600 acres and stuff, but it does offer a lot of opportunities, and it's I kind of love the name because if you don't know the lake that well and you don't have a map and you haven't been out on the lake, you can literally you can get lost. There's lots of backwater bays, and it's just a fun lake to fish. What is it about muskies that you like so much? Oh, man, it's uh, just... They're just uh, obviously the biggest predator in the system, and um, I think I like to challenge more than anything, and there's just nothing like 
getting a fish either A in the figure eight or getting a client on the first ever muskie, no matter what the size may be. And it's pretty cool when you get clients who, um, who see that muskie for the first time and they kind of almost, I'm not, you know, almost do the wrong thing. Like they'll stop their bait or whatever it may be just because like, Oh wow, we are really fishing for a pretty big predator fish. So it's just, it's just a blast. And I love the challenge and, and there's just nothing like the muskie. He is Isaiah Hahn from You Bet Guide Service. we got a lot more to talk with Isaiah. And we've got a question for the aquatic biologist coming up later today, too. This is Fish and Call Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. This is Fish and Call Bunyan Country. Checking in with Isaiah Hahn from You Bet Guide Service in the Park Rapids area. Isaiah, what have been the hot fish so far this spring and into summer? The, the spring has been good for walleyes in the Park Rapids area. You just got to be able and be willing to be mobile. Um, a lot of our lakes early here in the Park Rapids area, the smaller lakes that had a little bit darker stained water, seemed to be more productive earlier this spring, like May and early June. But now our deeper Clear water lakes like the like Long Lake, for example, or Fishhook or Potato, they have quite a bit of depth and some pretty good clarity to them. They're finally picking up. So um, as those water temperatures start warming up, don't be afraid to try some of those bigger bodies of water. And just gotta be you gotta be mobile. You gotta be willing to locate the fish and, and try shallow, and then eventually try those deeper waters later in the day as the fish kind of venture out to those deeper waters, especially as the water temperatures start warming up. So okay. Um, what, uh, what have been some of the better lakes to be on in the Park Rapids area this year? Right. Well, you know, we have a great multi-species area when it comes to bass and pike and walleyes and muskies, for example. But, uh, for bass, uh, you can't beat lakes like Big Sand, Little Sand, Potato. They're great bass lakes, not only for uh, largies, but specifically for smallies. They're great smallmouth lakes, and it's one of probably my second favorite species to go after a smallmouth. You can't beat the topwater action, and, and right now they're finally getting done with their spawning, so they're finally moving off that, you know, their shallow beds and stuff, and when I say shallow, I'm talking anywhere between five feet or less, even as shallow as two or three feet, and they're, they're finally coming off of that and moving off to that first break. So those are those have been great bodies of water for the smallmouth. And then as far as walleyes, like I said before, like your potato lake or your long or your fish hook, they're going to heat up, especially as water temperatures start warming up. So Okay. Um, you you did note to me uh, off the air that, you, like you said, and you did say on the air, you, you're, you, have, uh, you have a rod and reel will travel. Um, you know, as far as Detroit Lakes, up to Walker, Bemidji, um, what, what's, where's the furthest you've been so far this year? Right. Uh, well, I've been all the way over towards the DL area, and that was been for muskies, and I've been as far north as uh, Bemidji, obviously, as, as Plantagenet, and that was also for muskies, and, um, and I'll spend a lot of time um, over in the Walker area on Leech Lake, of course, when we get towards that July and, uh, July and August time on Leech Lake for muskies as well. But uh, generally, for you know, as far as walleyes and, and bass, I, I spend a lot of my time in this area specifically. I do range out a little bit farther when it comes to muskies. Um, but, I, but again, I, you can't be big man trap. It's a great local area lake. And, and like you said, elk lake can be phenomenal too, especially early this time of year. 
Um, so it's, we have great fishing opportunities and just uh, an abundance of lakes to pick from. Well, one thing I like about like Elk Lake and, and lakes and, and the parks, I just love those lakes that are you know surrounded by wildlife and, and forest and uh, just the more of that kind of quiet, get out of the way of the, of, of the modern noise type of lake. And not only that, but uh, I was uh, there for uh, not only on Long Lake, but also towards the uh, um, Elk Lake up at the state park and everything. And you couldn't imagine what I saw. I saw a giant eagle's nest, which was really cool. And then as I looked down, here were some otters on the, on the west side of the lake and everything. So like you said, it's just a whole gamut of wildlife, whole, a whole gamut of fishing opportunities. And generally, you don't see a lot of people fishing elk. And, and obviously, it's well known for its muskies, but there's a great walleye population in Elk Lake as well, and it's got some panfish and stuff too. So it's a great fishing opportunity in that whole Itasca State system. So it, it can be a fun body of water to fish. But what percentage of your uh, guide trips are, are actually musky trips? You know, I would say I would say about half. Early right now, I've I've had a lot of um, a lot of bass and in walleye trips, probably more than anything so far here obviously in june um and obviously all walleye trips and uh, and bass trips in may but as the season goes along i'll get i'll pick up quite a few musky trips towards july and august and all uh, even into september and october so i'd say right now it's overall about 50 50 in fact i i uh, i love my musky so much that i'm like oh man i i hope to pick up some more musky trips as we move forward because i've had i've been just so busy with uh, walleye trips and bass trips, which is which is awesome. I tell you what, I love to fish for any fish that swims, obviously, but uh, I definitely have a passion for muskies. Um, and I think one of the nice things from a guide perspective is there aren't that many musky guides out there. I can think of, well, with you, I can think of about three off the top of my head, and I can think of a lot more walleye and bass guides than that. Right, right. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I work uh, right with Jason Durham here in the Park Rapids area with Go Fish Guide Service and just, uh, like I said, a huge mentor of mine. And he'll obviously uh, um, hand over a lot of the musky trips that he might pick up and stuff. So it's just a good team effort that we have going on here in the area. But, yeah, a lot a lot more of your bass and, and, and walleye guides compared to your musky guides. But let me tell you, there are some great musky guides in the area as well. So. If uh, people want to use your services, you still have some trips available? Yeah, sure do. Absolutely. Um, they're probably the best. You can contact me on social media at You Bet Fishing Guide Services. You can just Google it or look it right up on Facebook. But probably the best way to get a hold of me is just um, uh, via my cell phone, and uh, you can get a hold of me at 218-308-8695. Give us that number one more time. Yep, sure can. Again, it's You Bet Fishing Guide Services right out of Park Rapids, Minnesota here. My first name is Isaiah Hahn, and my number is 218-308-8695. Okay, Isaiah Hahn from You Bet Guide Services joining us today to talk about muskie and several other fish as well. Uh, he'll help you catch all of them. Isaiah, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks again, Kevin. Keep up the great work. I, I, like I said, I just love uh, I love uh, the show that you guys put on. You talk to some of the best anglers in the area, and it's just fun to listen to every week. So keep up the great work. I do love those celebrity endorsements. Stay tuned. we got a tough question for the aquatic biologist. So what else is new? You're listening to Fish and Ball Bunyan Country, where all the cool kids hang out. And Kev Jackson, too. Ask the aquatic biologist. 
It is indeed time to ask the aquatic biologists and uh, just a very, very general question today, Andy. Is there a single most important thing for a fishery? Well, some people would say the fish, I guess. <laughs> yes. In real, in reality, we in the fish management class and in all the fish management textbooks, it says there's a three really important components uh, for it to be a fishery. It's the fish, the habitat, and the people. So, uh, as a manager or as a biologist, you would need to know uh, vast amounts of information about all three of those aspects. And if any one of those breaks down, or if there's problems with any of those the fish, the habitat, or the people, uh, there will be problems with the fishery. Yeah. So, What tends to be the most common breakdown? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't... Oh, people. <laughs> it can be challenging to work with people, right? Okay. Uh, and a lot of times, scientists and biologists are often introverts, too, and it's tough to reach out and communicate. And uh, So... Yeah. By people, you mean their, their behavior on the lake, their behavior? Yeah, no, no not necessarily. Okay. Just, just everybody has different views on how the lake should be managed or used. Uh, think about a, somebody who their primary use of the lake is tubing and swimming and how that contrasts with uh, a troller, all right? Mm-hmm. Vast differences in how they think the water should be used and... Those can conflict, and we need to account for all of those things. Whether the people want musky stocked in the lake or not, right? Mm-hmm. You can. Whether you want to be able to fish with two lines or one, right? <laughs> uh, all kinds of different things. And then uh, even the people that are not using the lake influence the lake itself. The city of Bemidji, right? All of the runoff from the streets and how that's handled and... Uh, the people that have, are the lake owners that fertilize their lawns we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. So there's just humans have a great ability to manipulate resources either intentionally or unintentionally. And I think that's a, a very challenging aspect of managing a fishery. Okay. So let's just throw something out here. some uh, scenario out here. Let's say Lake Bemidji becomes overrun with uh, a bunch of speedboat water skier tubers. What what does that what does that do to the fishery? Well, if you're a, maybe a bobber fisherman sitting in a, <laughs> your boat and getting buzzed by all the waves, right? There's where some of that conflict can so, go. So, right, I understand that aspect, but does it do anything to the fish under the water? Well, it can. I mean, okay. Uh, so I've seen aerial photos of Leech Lake before, where there's a particular area with heavy boat traffic, and the vegetation is influenced by that a little bit, right? So, okay. Uh, and the, those waves, increased wave action could impact shoreline as well. And oftentimes people who like to boat and things like that don't like debris in the water, especially near shores and things. So okay. there's lots of different influences that it could have on the habitat. Um, you, that is why they, you know, implement no-wake zones in certain areas and um, uh, things like that, right? Yeah, and safety, too, yeah. are well, probably the two sure, primary sure. issues for that, I would bet, but... Um, yeah, imagine if you could just drive all the way down to the power dam from Lake Bemidji as fast as you wanted and the waves that that would create and how that would impact all of the underwater habitat there and the shoreline habitat in that zone. So so, so you said people, and then people, of course, then affect the, the other two. 
Right. Obviously. So the image that's in the the books, it's a Venn diagram where there's three circles, and none of the circles are bigger than the other ones. Right. right. So we've been talking about people, but really, all three are just as important: the fish, the habitat, and the people, and they all overlap in the middle. So yeah. uh, there are aspects of the fish that influence how people use it. People can influence how the fish succeed, and all of those other things: habitat and fish. They all interact. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the concept. Okay. I think one of the things, obviously, that we have talked about a lot, not just with you, Andy, but obviously with other DNR personnel and and anglers, uh, where we see human impacts is AIS. Right. That's one of the most, you know, in front of us right now that we see on on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, that and climate change are the two big issues of our time right now. Mm -hmm. So, Um, So... we see we, we, we can really pinpoint the AIS stuff. What what is the climate change doing that maybe we isn't quite as obvious to us? So depending upon where you live, right, there's changes in temperature. And then the other big one uh, is that the storm intensity seems to be greater and more frequent. Right. So these weird weather events seem to be more occurring more often mm-hmm. and have higher intensities. When they do hit, I mean, I just had uh, racquetball-sized hail hit my roof for the first time I've ever seen. That. Really? Yeah, it was just a couple glad, of days ago. I missed that one. Yeah. Um, is there anything like that that we could we've seen changes, you know, fish population-wise, fish size-wise, or types of fish we're seeing that you could say that's due to climate change? Is there anything that definitive out there? I think. Uh, Throughout the state, we're starting to see a, a little bit, a northern spread of bass, uh, smallmouth and largemouth, being more successful a little further north than they had in the past. And that might be due to warming temperatures a little bit. That would have been my, my main thing, is yeah. just the continued prevalence of smallmouth, you know, up all, the way, all the way up into the turtle chain now, sure. certainly. So that one of the biggest factors that influences where fish are found like, is the temperature that's present there. That's one of the largest factors influencing their distribution, assuming the fish can actually get there. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they can succeed or not is often dependent upon the thermal regime or the temperature in that water. We certainly are living in our own backyard, obviously, and that's what <clears> we <throat> see and that's what we experience. But, I mean, uh, anything out there that they've been studying in other areas that – related to fish that we should be aware of as far as climate change? All right, just another example from some studies we've been doing on the North Shore, right, is the flashiness of those rivers. So those storm events that I mentioned that are Mm -hmm. maybe more intense, when those hit, that's a big pulse of water that comes down, and that has a huge influence, those major flood events, on the the fish in those rivers. And then the other times of the year, it seems like there's less water, right? So the water levels in the systems are lower, which is bad for fish as well. And then when there is water, it's a big pulse. Okay. So those are some – that's a concern of mine, I guess. That's a, that would be a result of climate change would be that uh, some, the flashiness of the rivers is going to increase a little bit. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting early when you were talking about uh, dealing with people that as scientists, you guys tend to be a little introverted. Yeah. Now, you're a, you're a multimedia star now, Andy. <laughs> yeah, but when I first started, you remember, this was painful for me. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. <laughs> Uh, but that's what you need is more of this right. type of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I think this is so important to try to get some of this information out there. 
And it, while you were talking there, too, I thought of another thing about the, the climate change. I've looked at the ice out dates on Lake Bemidji over the, mm, yeah. the history of Lake Bemidji. And it looks like in past 10 years, we've had just extreme variation in that. Some of the coldest years, you know, the latest ice outs on record and some of the earliest ones. So it's like the pattern on dots on that graph looks like a trumpet, right? wow. where it's really tight. We've had really consistent ice outdates through time. And in the last decade or two, it's ballooned where there's a lot of spread. And that's what I meant by that variability in okay. climate. Yeah, so that's... Climate change doesn't always mean it's just getting hotter. Right. right. It's just changing <laughs> in one yes. way. So, yeah. All right. Anything else on this topic we need to be aware of? Fish, people, and the habitat, right? They all work together. Okay. So. Another tough question for the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hayes from Bemidji State University. Andy, thanks as always. Thank you for your time. Fish hail! Bum, bum.